Hello, welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Ozpan, here with my friend and Chabruta Ann Gordon. Our DAP today, Masacha Nedarim, DAP Lamed Tet, page 39. Well, I'm going to begin on the bottom of Lamed Chet of 38. We had a little Mishnah that got snuck in there that will be discussed on uh, Lamed Tet. And it's an interesting because uh, we'll also see what the Gemara does with it. It becomes a little bit less halachic. Uh, of a discussion based on this Mishnah. So somebody who's subject to a neder that doesn't allow benefit from his friend, the nichnas levakro, and he comes to visit him when he is sick. So what the Gemara here is basically discussing is a case where, um, well, the Mishnah is actually vague. And so the Gemara is going to discuss, is this a case of, the visitor has a neder that they will not get benefit from the sick person and yet they still visit the sick person? Or is it the other way around that the sick person is not to get benefit from the visitor and the visitor goes to visit? So it's not clear who is who here. And that's one of the questions about this particular Mishnah. Omid Aval Yoshev. When that person goes to visit, he can stand, but he is not allowed to sit. Umid and he can heal him the healing of the nefesh, but he cannot do a monetary healing. And again, the Gemara is going to explain what exactly this means. So first, the Gemara wants to try to understand what this standing and not sitting thing is. Okay, but my asking, what are we dealing with? If it's a case where the possessions of the visitor are prohibited to the sick person, right? Afilo Yoshev Nami, the visitor should be allowed to sit with the person because in that case, the visit is allowed because the patient is only sort of getting, the sick person is only getting some type of indirect benefit. So it doesn't really make a difference if the person stands or sits because what we're saying in that first scenario is it's that the possessions of the visitor are prohibited to the sick person. So what difference does it make if he stands or sits? This is all an indirect benefit. But if you say it's a case where the possessions of the sick person are prohibited to the visitor, even his standing shouldn't be allowed because even his going into the sick man's house, right, is a problem. He can't be with any of the sick man's possessions. So the first scenario here that the Gemara describes is, is that the yes, the Mishnah is vague, right? Who is the person who the prohibition is on? Is it or is it the sick person? And second, either way, there doesn't seem to be a reason why there's this differentiation between standing and sitting. So the question is then, why does the Mishnah teach this way? Amar Shmuel, So Shmuel says, the Mishnah is dealing with a case where the possessions of the visitor are prohibited to the sick person. And the mission is speaking about a place where they take payment for sitting with the sick. So in other words, there were certain places where people would be paid to basically sit with the sick person. But you don't take payment for standing. So in this kind of place, right, a sick person would, would basically pay to have somebody sit with it, right? Like, I guess today it would be like paying for an aide or somebody to be in a hospital with you. Um and if he, you know, doesn't do the, uh, if he doesn't do the payment, the visitor is basically a person uh, of benefit. So therefore, he really wouldn't be allowed to sit with the person without taking the fee. 
But if there's no payment for standing, then there's no direct benefit to the patient and therefore he is allowed to stand with him. My pasca, okay, so then the Gemara wants to know, what is this generalization, right? Why does the, why does the Mishnah make this generalization that standing is always permissible? Because let's say you're in a place where you pay for standing, according to Shmuel's understanding, then that also shouldn't be allowed. But the Mishnah talks about it in a general term. Ha-kamashmalan. So the mission is telling this why even a place where they take payment for visiting the sick, it's only for sitting where they're allowed to take payment. But for standing, they're not allowed to. In other words, what the, what the Gemara actually a person is never allowed to take payment for standing with the sick. And that's why the Mishnah is allowed to talk about it in such a broad and general way. Okay, that is Shmuel's opinion. Now they're going to have another uh, explanation of the Mishnah of the Ema. This is a second explanation. Kids of Rabbi Shimon ben Eliakim, Rabbi Shimon ben Eliakim, who would explain, right? Um, and he is somebody who said that during a Shemitah year, right, you can go into a field that's prohibited to you by a nether. Gezerah shama yishaheh ba'amida, right? It's forbidden basically by rabbinic decree that he stand there longer than necessary to basically pick the fruit. So what we're talking about here is, is that there's going to be a Mishnah later on in this Masachat. It actually will appear in three Dapim on uh, 42, that if uh, somebody is prohibited by a neder, right, um, is not allowed to go into somebody else's field to pick fruit during the Shemitah year. Now, the Gemara questions this, okay, because... Uh, during the Shemitah year, right, the the produce on somebody's field actually doesn't belong to anybody, to the owner. So therefore, the sub the person who's prohibited to get benefit, right? If if Ruvain has a field and Ruvain says it's not allowed to get any benefit from me, so first initially the the Mishnah says on uh, forty two that Shimon wouldn't be allowed to go to Ruvain's field and get fruit. The Gemara questions this by saying, yeah, but all Shemitah fruit is hefker. All Shemitah food, produce, isn't owned by anybody, right? And so, therefore, Shimon should be allowed to go, despite it being the nether, because it's like that that produce is ownerless. So that's actually what's happening now. I have a ton of fruit trees in my yard, actually, in Modine. Um, and basically, the real way to keep Shemitah is you're supposed to put a sign up that says it's hefker, and anybody can basically come and take it. Essentially, I'm just trying to give away fruit all the time from these trees of mine, <laughs> um, which is basically what I do. It's a lot of fruit. The trees give a lot of fruit, surprisingly. Um, so Rav Shimon ben Eliakim basically says that, yes, even though the person is biblically allowed to enter, the rabbis di didn't let him because maybe he would stay there longer than he actually needed to. He wouldn't go there just for picking. He would end up staying there a little longer. So hachanami here too. Gezer Hashem Yishaheb So yes. Technically, he could visit him, but the concern is, is that by rabbinic decree, we're worried that if he sits, he's going to stay longer than he actually needed to fulfill the mitzvah, and that would that would be something forbidden. So I actually like this explanation, right? Because it's sort of saying, in a way, when we visit the sick, you can sort of like overstay your visit, or like we can be in a place that's permitted, but we sort of overstay our visit, and that's not a good thing. The Gemara now gives a third explanation of this Mishnah. Ula Amar, Ula says, The Mishnah is dealing with a case where the possessions of the sick are prohibited to the visitor. Remember, 
Shmuel said the opposite. And if the person did not place the neder on the visitor to prohibit him from giving services that are necessary to the sick person's well-being. In other words, since visits are necessary to him when he's ill, right, they are not included in the neder, they would be permitted, right? So, uh, so, so that, so the case is it's the, it's the sick person, it's the possessions of the sick person are prohibited to the visitor. Okay. And the visitor can basically still visit that sick person because the person didn't put a, a neder on the visitor. The sick person didn't put a person on the neder prohibiting him from doing things that the sick person would need for his own well-being. E hachi, the Gemara asks, if this is case, the visits weren't included in the neder, I feel Yoshev Nami, then even sitting should be allowed. Why the distinction between sitting and standing? Ha Right? So the Gemara says it's possible to basically fulfill his needs with standing. And so therefore, better to do it standing and not sitting. I don't know that I think that's a great answer. So that's sort of what the, the they do with these sort of three explanations here. The Gemara then is going to go back to Shmuel um, and give a few different uh, you know, challenge Shmuel's a little bit. Rav is going to tra- challenge it and try to explain it uh, a little bit better. Uh, but then the Gemara is going to get to basically on Ahmed Bet, and I'm going to hand it over to you, really a very, you know, sort of typical lengthy uh, thing where it's sort of going to discuss the virtues of visiting the sick. How do we know that we can visit the sick? And it has less to do with the actual text of the Mishnah itself. Well, but, of course, right? <laughs> right, but before I sum up, I think the point here is, though, is that this Mishnah is very vague. And so we see by sort of these three, the Gemara needs to provide basically three explanations to try to make sense of this very vague Mishnah. Okay, so what I was going to say was, you know, on the one hand, we have the Mishnah addressing these topics in context. And then, of course, we're going to have the sidebar that goes, or maybe it's not, of course, but it's welcome, right? That There's a sidebar that goes back to ask, you know, exactly those questions of, what are the basic parameters or whatever of visiting the sick? So what happens on this duff is that, um, well, we'll begin and then I'll explain how there's a complete sidetracking that we're not going to investigate and we're going to focus on the visiting of the sick um, from this Gemara. I'm Arish Lakish. So Arish Lakish says as follows. Where do we have even a hint or an allusion to the fact that there's a Mitzvah, the idea of visiting the sick. Where is that in the Torah? So he says, there is in fact a verse, and it's from Batmidbar Numbers, in Kamot Kol Adam Yemutun, Elof Kudat Kol Adam. Right? The verse says, if these men die the death of all men, and then they will be visited afterwards. Meaning that's like, it goes on to, to talk about the visiting of, or the, the um, supervision of all people, right? Meaning that that is what happens when people are ill. So the Gemara says, my mashma, what does it really mean? What does that verse, how do you say that this is the verse implying visiting of the sick? Because I've kind of shoved it in there, but the words are not so clear. I'm a Rava. So Rava says that this verse where it says these men, now these men is referring to the group of people who followed Korach. Right in the Korach's rebellion against Moshe, and so when Moshe says, "If these Korach people, you know, die in the the death of all people," meaning people who become ill, right? That's the idea. 
שהן חולין ומוטלין בעריסתן, they take to their beds, ובני אדם מבקרים אותן, and people would visit them, because they've taken to their beds, מה הבריאות אומרים, לא השם שלחני לזה. So, and what they would say then, when they come to visit, is they say, God has, did not send me for this task. Meaning, it seems like a whole, again, like a real complicated way to get to the idea of visiting the sick, using the story of Korach to begin with. We know what happened to the people of Korach, right? Meaning his followers, they were swallowed up by the earth. They didn't die in their beds from illness. So the whole thing of it is a really interesting, um, I would say, introduction to the question of visiting the sick. Fine. So then the Gemara takes a side step, as I said, and we're not going to focus on this really, um, but Rava does go into a whole discussion of this verse um, to understand, I really, to dash in the verse. Um, but if you jump down, really, most of the daft down, it says, Tanya, Tanya, Bikur Cholim, Ein La Shior. Right? Um, it says that when we come back to this topic of visiting the sick, and there's, it says in the Brita, there's no measure for visiting the sick, meaning, you could do as much visiting of the sick as you would like to. There's no limit. There's no minimum. My Ein Lashior, well, now the Gemara asks, what does it mean that there's no, there's no measure? So Rav Yosef says, there's no measure for granting of the reward for giving, for visiting the sick. So Abai says, what are you talking about? Like, since when do mitzvot, do all mitzvot have this kind of a fixed measure of getting their reward? Don't we learn that we're supposed to, you know, take as great care with a, an easy mitzvah as with a difficult one? Because we don't know which is really worth more in the eyes of Hashem, for example. So Abai says instead, what are we going to mean that, it, that there's no shi'ur? It means that even if you would have, um, you know, a, a gadol, a great person who comes to visit a lowly person, right? They don't say, oh, this is beneath me, right? The whole idea of matan scharat, that we don't know who what the reward is. We're saying each one of these um, has no measure because whoever you visit is going to be just as important in terms of the fulfillment of this mitzvah. <laughs> And Rava says, there's no fixed measure, means the number of times you can go visit, this is why I said, you know, preempting it, that the number of times you could go visit the ill, you can go a hundred times a day, that would also be fine. Meaning there's no, literally there's no limit. Um, fine. So now the Gemara goes on, Rav Achabar Chanina, when you go to visit a sick person, what you do fundamentally, he says, you take away one sixtieth of the person's suffering. That the you know it provides a reason and a rationale for why one would show up, right? What is the mitzvah here? You are somehow easing the suffering of the person who is sick. Right. So what happens? They say, well, if that's the case, then let sixty people show up. Each one takes a sixtieth, and the guy will be, you know, will be healed. He could stand up and, and go go on his merry way, right? Meaning, which is a very, obviously, a literalist, literalist way to take that claim of 160th of the suffering and a, a logical conclusion in terms of do the math and get the guy better. But that's, of course, not what it means, not really, right? When you say that you take 160th, 
it doesn't mean that there is 59 parts left. It might mean that the sh suffering shrinks. It doesn't mean that the illness itself is necessarily gone, right? I'm sorry, I read this already. So then we have another sidebar where the claim here is that if that's, you know, if you're going to do the math that way, then it's like saying that the tenths, the tenths, one tenth, ten of them, of the school of Rabbi Hudanasi, what did he say? That one da a daughter inherits a tenth of the possessions of a person. Now, the point is then that <laughs> each person, the claim is that each person, each daughter should receive a tenth of whatever is left of the previous daughter's inheritance of a tenth, right? So you never really get to zero that way. And so then the position here, the Gemara brings this in to suggest that what that means is if the first person takes away one sixtieth, then the next person takes away one sixtieth of the 59 sixtieths that remain from the first. And then the second person takes away one sixtieth of the 59 60, uh, 60 that are left from the 59 60th of the first one, right? Meaning each time it's consecutively getting to be a little bit reduced, but it's not the 60 people coming in doesn't get rid of the sum total of the 60 parts of illness, according to this, right? The idea is that he's using this example of, of the daughter's inheritances to understand the math of the healing that is brought when one visits the sick. I find it to be mathematically a really interesting challenge, right? Like when you're dealing with inheritance, you're actually dealing with a division of property, right? Let's say the inheritance is, I don't know, $100,000 just for the sake of it, right? Then you're going to be able to divide that up mathematically. And whether you give each person, you know, however you divide it up in the end each person walks away with something to hold in their hands the fact that illness and and healing from illness is less quantifiable uh makes it really a challenge to talk about the 60th that each visitor is taking away um that's something strange here like the numbers are like i i know what you mean like the inheritance are like hard numbers right like a tenth if you're talking about money and here with sickness, like, what does it mean to take away a 60th of somebody's illness? And how one person experiences an illness or pain is very different than somebody else, right? I, I it, It's interesting the way that they, like, link it together, right? Like, the number is, it means the same thing in both cases. Yeah, and 160th is often used in these amorphous kind of ways, right? Like, sleeping is 160th of death, right? Meaning there's there are these examples where... Again, how are you going to quantify that, really? Um, so that's really the end of this daf. What happens on the next daf, and we'll talk about it tomorrow, of course, is what happens when various specific sages do, in fact, get sick, and and then various other sages come to visit. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think this whole uh, is a very interesting passage because we look at Bikor Cholim as visiting somebody as like a fundamental mitzvah, right? But even the beginning of the discussion, like how did they learn that it's a mitzvah? It's very roundabout, you know, it's not. And then you sort of sit there and pause and you're like, huh, that really isn't like an explicit commandment. But yet it's one that we know that we as a people take very, very seriously. I mean, I'm always amazed by, you know, uh, you know, Israel's one thing, but when you're in like hospitals in major metropolitan areas, uh, in the United States, there's 
generally always, you know, a beaker hole in society, like Jews are there to help other Jews and to give them kosher food and make sure they need anything that they need. Like this is something we do well, <laughs> but yet the source for it is really, it, it is pretty flimsy. I, it's really a difficult source. I want to say, meaning there is no thou shalt visit the sick. And the fact that they have to use the thumbs, so to speak, to derive it out from a discussion of Korach no less. And Korach, they're not even sick, right? Meaning there is not, there are other, like, how do you know to keep the Sabbath day holy? There is a mitzvah. It is repeated several times. It is very clear. How do you know to visit the sick? And it is, I would say, as you say, very fundamental in the in the psyche of the Jewish people, what you do, like Shabbos, is fundamental in the psyche of the Jewish people, even amongst people who are not Sabbath observant, right? But visiting the sick is fundamental. There's like no source for it. A better source, and I'm surprised that it's not brought here, but of course it's not brought here, is, you know, we always have the discussion of how Hashem came to visit Avraham after his Brit Milah in Parshat Lechacha. Yeah, I mean, I think we also, we have other examples, even in Nevi'im, of people who are visited when they are sick, but this source is puzzling. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on our podcast. Thank you to Revenue Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.